Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. The Treasure Valley Prep Cast breaking down District 3 activities in the state of Idaho here on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey is always joined by Logan Green. LG, what's up? Hey, Brandon. You know, just, just balancing sick kids and other kids that uh, have Christmas performances at school. And those are, those are, and this is not high school, it's elementary performances that are, you know, something. You know, I don't know. I think I'd, I think I'd still take that over Mariah Carey personally, but you know, really, why do people, I kind of like that. Everybody always rips on Mariah Carey's all I want for Christmas, but I like it. I'm not, look, I'm a sucker. I'll even admit it. I love the Taylor Swift Christmas album. She made like 10 years ago. So I'm not afraid to admit it. So, So Mariah Carey makes buku bucks every year because of that, because it's an original christmas song right it's not one of these songs that's been around for 500 years like all the other ones uh so, so she, makes- she is the originator of that song yes oh i did not know that and she yeah she makes buku bucks on that every year with the royalties but but now it's gotten to the point where other people have done their their versions of it i was i was actually shopping with my wife this weekend we were in uh where were we? TJ Maxx or somewhere Lowe's? I don't even remember. Um, but there was like a, a a remake of that, and it was like a jazz scat, like skid out boop da all I want for Christmas is you boop do do do. And it was just like, I'll take Mariah over this. Yeah, give me Mariah. It is funny. Anytime if you go to like Apple Music or whatever it is, and you click Christmas, you know, Christmas playlist, that's number one every time. It's number one. Yeah. So, anyways. Christmas music talk. So I I enjoy Christmas though. It's fun. Yes. Well, speaking of Christmas programming note, uh, next week we uh, will take the week off from the prep cast, take the week to enjoy the holidays. Uh, It's that week between Christmas and new year's. There's going to be, you know, we could preview some stuff that's happening. You know, the truckstop.com tournaments taking place in new Plymouth. Parma is hosting their, holiday classic but uh we'll take the week off enjoy some time with our families and then we'll come back the first week of the new year to kind of recap all of that stuff that happened at the very end of december so um we'll uh we'll load up this show this week and then we'll take next week off for the holidays and speaking of i mean there's still tons of holiday tournaments that are uh taking place this week um but also last week was a very heavy schedule logan including uh, the Pro Image Winter uh, Pro Image Sports Winter Classic last year it was solely hosted by Owyhee, and there was a big school bracket and a small school bracket. This year they still had the big school bracket and the small school bracket, but Owyhee instead of putting people, you know, in a secondary gym, uh, Owyhee hosted just the small school bracket, and then Rocky Mountain actually hosted the big right. school bracket. So a couple of West Ada schools teaming up to to co-host this event. Yeah, and you know what? I like that a lot better. I mean, I was upstairs in the secondary bracket last year in that quote small school, and it was there was two rows of chairs to either side of us, and that was it. That was the seating room. And so I'm, you know, much bigger, you know, and I I like that you can get that experience for everybody. It's almost like a state tournament type environment, right? I mean, it's not not as much on the line, obviously, but you're in a gym, a bigger gym that's a neutral site location. Um, you're meeting a team that you probably don't, you're not going to see 
till state or ever because they played a different classification, whatever it may be. And it just gives you a good opportunity to play different people in a setting that would be like that. So I, I you know, it, I think it's helpful for those teams um, to get that experience now and, and carry that into, in, into February and March. Definitely. So uh, among the <clears throat> treasure Valley teams that were competing in the big school bracket, you know, obviously you had Rocky mountain as the host school, uh, they started off their tournament with a win over Emmett. It was a very close game, though, 43 to 41. So two Treasure Valley teams playing each other right away. These are teams that are going to be, you know, to the middle or maybe the back end of their respective conferences. But it was a pretty entertaining game. Yeah, I mean, it's what more can you ask for, though? Like, right, if, you, if you've got the, the fun games before Christmas. And you know what? Like, people are working stuff out, right, you know? Um, I've seen a lot of games this season and I've got one I'll touch on later, but where you lose to them early and then you beat them later on. Right. And, and you learn from those mistakes. And, and, you know, like you said, these teams are looking to grow and get better. Yeah. So you had Rocky mountain on the, on the first day, Rocky mountain beat Emmett 43, 41. <clears throat> you had fruitland play Pocatello, the defending for a runner up from last year. Uh, Fruitland lost, but it was only by a 59 to 50 score. So I thought that was pretty encouraging for the yeah. Grizzlies. Yeah. And Fruitland's looked pretty good in some other games this year. I mean, like looking at, at who they played and who they beat. I mean, they ended up uh, beating Baker at the end of the, or excuse me, that was Pocatello, <laughs> um, beating Twin Falls right later on. Right. So they end up beating a, a good 4A squad. And, and, you know, that's a, that's a good way to go out if you're Fruitland, I think. Yeah, so Fruitland fell to Pokey on that first day, 59-50. And then uh, Middleton lost to Minico, 47-32. to uh, The fact that Minico won didn't surprise me necessarily, but the, but the margin of victory to me was kind of eye-opening. Yeah, and Middleton likes to score, right? They, they like to score. I even talked to Coach uh, Nate Hartman on Saturday about it, and he just said, yeah, they kind of came out and they punched us in the mouth and, and holding them to 37 points. I think that is the most surprising Part of all of that is that Middleton only scored 32 points. I mean, if you break it down by quarter, I mean, that that's what, eight points a quarter? And that's just not traditionally what you see out of Middleton. But that's what you see out of Minico, right? I mean, heck, two years ago at the Middleton Christmas tournament, Minico held the ball at the top of the three-point line for like over a minute, just sat there with it. That's what they want to do. They want to slug it out. And they do it right. They held you to thirty. You know they might they might only put up forty seven points, but look at them holding a, a great offense to only thirty two. So I think that probably says more about Minico being a lot better maybe than we we thought coming into the year. But Middleton, yeah, you, you can't put up. You're not going to win putting up thirty two points against really anybody. Um, so yeah, like you said, very surprising result there. Then on day two of the tournament, Rocky was playing Baker, Oregon in the one of the semifinals lost a very close game, 72 to 67. This is more the Rocky mountain team that I expected to see Baker. The, I believe the two time defending champions in Oregon at their classification, just a quick aside, Baker high is going to play Lapway Wednesday night at treasure Valley community college in Ontario as part of this Pacific Northwest showcase. And then Valley view will play in the second game also against an Oregon opponent. So that'll be a kind of a little fun quad event. Yeah. That yeah. Baker one against uh, Lapway should be fun. 
Yes, that'll be that'll be the table setter for Valley View in the nightcap. So so Rocky loses by five to Baker in the semis. On the backside of the bracket, you had Emmett defeat Twin Falls, 61 to 56. That was a nice bounce back for Emmett. And then you had Middleton and Fruitland play each other. And Middleton, I think, was a little motivated, got that 60 to 36 win over the Grizzlies. So yeah, and that's yeah, that's more like what I would expect to see out of Middleton putting up points and running away from a team like that. And like we said, Fruitland kind of bounced back there towards the end of the tournament. Yes, so that parlayed into the third and final day where Fruitland did uh, take seventh overall. They defeat Twin Falls by 10, 56-46. Uh, you had Middleton defeat Emmett in the uh, sixth and fifth place game, pretty convincingly, 65-32. So Emmett takes sixth, Middleton takes fifth. And then in the third, fourth place game, Rocky Mountain playing Minico. And again, the Spartans come out and yeah. knock out a 5A team. They win by 10, 58-48. Yeah, holding them down, right? Holding that scoring down. And, and how much is that going to help? You know, we saw it last year with where you now, you get into state, but then those are rearranged by the rankings, right? How much is that going to help Minico come around for a state tournament time? You know, like I, I got to imagine, I know not as, strong 5a sic teams but you know if they win games in conference and finish middle of the pack you've got two wins over those teams and it's gonna look good for minico <laughs> definitely and then pocatello ended up beating baker in the in the championship game there at the, in the uh large school bracket at the uh, pro image uh winter classic uh so and then uh, on the small school bracket this is where the treasure valley really stepped up and and, and shined in my opinion day one mm -hmm. of the tournament you had ambrose defeat the ontario jv they came from oregon 77 to 32 you had homedale defeat aberdeen and what i thought was the most interesting first round matchup homedale beat aberdeen by 10 63 53 coal valley christian defeated teton that's a 2a over a 3a and a pretty good 3a team 67 52 and then you had the Hawaii JV defeat Castleford 70 to 42. What was the the big standout for you from day one? I mean, Cole Valley. And I think that just continues throughout the bracket. We'll hit on it later. Um, but Cole Valley, I just, uh, you know, we were so much Melba, Melba, Melba at the 2AWIC that I personally probably owe them an apology that I kind of brushed over Cole Valley. Here's me eating my crow, but um Man, they look good. I think like they they to beat Teton and, and and if I remember right, Teton, where did they finish at three A in state? Like they made it to state, did they? Uh, I think their league only got one. They are in Sugar probably got it right. Of course, did, yeah. But, I'm trying to. But they, I mean, they were a good team. They're they're good. You know that they were a solid team, and to to beat any any time you beat somebody above you, that's always a good thing, right? And. So, I mean, Cole Valley was the most, the, the, the biggest standout to me. Definitely. Uh, and then as we move into day two of the tournament, then uh, in semifinal matchups, it was Ambrose taking on Homedale. The 3A beats the 2A 82 to 64. So the Trojans moved into the championship. In the other semifinal, it was Cole Valley Christian defeating the Owyhee JV 57 to 45. Uh, and then on the back side of the bracket, um, you had uh, no Treasure Valley teams playing as it was an all Treasure right. Valley Final Four. But uh, in those two semifinals, so it set up this Coal Valley versus Homedale showdown for the championship on Saturday. And 
the Chargers, for the second time in the tournament, knock out a 3A opponent. Cole Valley wins the Pro Image Sports Holiday Classic in a a pretty convincing fashion, 51 to 38 the final. And this is, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I was really high on Homedale, and part of me still is um, at the 3A level, but Melba went and beat him, right? We talked about that. And then here's Cole Valley coming up and taking care of business too. And, and you know what? I Maybe Cole Valley is way better than we first anticipated, which is great, right, to have. And you know what? We, we kind of brushed over beating the Hawaii JV. There's probably – that that's yeah, I don't know what's who's on that Hawaii JV squad, but their varsity squad, look how who they start. Like those kids would probably start. I I, I would imagine kids on that Hawaii JV team would probably start at other most three A schools and probably a lot of four A schools and even some five A squads. When you look at how many underclassmen Hawaii has that are that are playing high level at varsity, you gotta think that they've got some some guys on that team and they took care of business there. They take care of business against uh, Homedale, who, you know, Homedale just has a ton of great athletes that, you know, obviously moving over from football to basketball, and they were good last year. They went to state tournament last year at 3A and, and won some games there. Um, that's right, because they beat Sugar Salem in the back end of the bracket. So, no, Teton did not make it. It's all coming to me now because I thought, hey, look, Homedale finally got beat Sugar Salem. But, um yeah, I mean that Cole Valley. That is an impressive run at that tournament. I think you know capping that off, winning that thing, and I'm excited. We're going to see Cole Valley tonight, right on IdahoSports.com. I'll be there. They're playing Ambrose. It should be a fun game. I'm excited to see this squad perform in a on the road in a conference game. Yes, and speaking of Ambrose, they played the Hawaii JV for third and fourth place. Uh, the Hawaii JV win pretty convincingly 76 to 46. So yeah, Cole Valley Christian at Ambrose tonight on idahosports.com. Uh, you can see uh, what we've got planned uh, for the season by clicking on the game streams tab on the homepage at idahosports.com. But Logan, you'll be on the call for that two a WIC showdown tonight should be a good one. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Should be fun. We've done a couple of games at um, Ambrose in the past. It's always a fun environment. I think I saw somewhere it's like, ugly Christmas sweater night there, or maybe just regular Christmas sweater. I don't know, Uh, but it should be fun. I think it'll be a fun time. I mean, last year when we were there, Ambrose played Melba and a lot of people, and then Ambrose beat Melba in that game. So I think Ambrose at home is a tough out and that should be a fun game to watch. Uh, It's one of two Treasure Valley games tonight on IdahoSports.com. Yep. And the other one is, um, it is the Weezer girls hosting the Valley view girls in a non-conference matchup. And Gary Jones will be on the call for that game tonight from Weezer. Um, a couple of five, a boys basketball programs and all this stuff we've been talking about is boys basketball. Uh, all the, uh, a couple of five, a boys basketball programs went to Utah Logan to compete in the first ever Carl Ingersoll classic. This was hosted by American fork high school in Utah premier athletics program in utah uh their football team was the only one to beat rigby this year gives you an idea of how good american fork is (laughs) um and their boys basketball team is phenomenal as well so so the first day eagle plays american fork first they lose 69 to 47 meridian also at this tournament plays pleasant grove utah which is another phenomenal utah program 
They lose 73 to 52. So they're both 0 and 1. Day two of the tournament rolls around. Eagle bounces back in a big way. They beat the Real Salt Lake Academy. It's a basketball. Uh, I mean, it's it's a basketball. It's a school designed for basketball players. Let's be right. honest. They they bring yeah. in players from all over the globe, though. It's it's a bunch of foreign players that come to America to learn, of course, but also to play basketball. Uh, Eagle won one eleven to forty seven. <laughs> Pretty big margin of victory. Uh, Meridian then had to play American Fork. They lost seventy two to forty seven. And then on the third day of the tournament. Uh, they swapped partners again. Eagle played Leighton Christian, another great Utah school, lost by six, 73 to 67. Meridian bounced back and defeated Real Salt Lake Academy. Uh, 60 to 38 was the score at the end of three quarters. I never did get a final score, but I know Meridian won. Um, but so, so Meridian and Eagle both go one and two on this trip to Utah. And you might think, well, boy, you know, that's, that's tough, but they played really good competition. That's going to make both of those teams better. Yeah. And that's great. I, you know, Leighton Christian is always a name you see pop up during football season. They always tend to play teams from Eastern Idaho. And I don't think people, you know, they're, oh, you know, you just kind of brush it off because you don't know much about Utah teams, but I mean, sugar Salem, that's a team that they, they always play them pretty tight and, and sugar seems to always win. Um, but you know, that they're a good school, right. To take down Eagle like that. And so that's just a plug for sugar Salem, I guess, um, just how good they are and everything. Um, but you know, it would be great. And I think this is where Idaho's getting right. I think Utah is, we're probably, Idaho is probably where Utah was 10 years ago, right. In terms of, of our basketball scene, right. And Utah has taken a step to the next level. And clearly we saw that this weekend in that tournament. And that's not to say that, you know, we're not there or whatever it is, you know, that they're that much better, but it's getting better in Idaho and having these teams. We talked about last week with the Waihee going to that tournament in California and then going to Florida and playing down there and having this, you know, Meridian Eagle go down uh, to Utah, play those teams. It only, it only help. And you hope that that helps increase the, the quote brand of Idaho basketball being down there and playing some of those teams. And, and hopefully we can get to where they're at uh, going forward. Yeah, I think the gap is narrowing, like you said, um, between Idaho and Utah. Uh, we did have uh, one team travel over to Preston for the Preston Indian Classic. Again, this is boys basketball. Nampa went over and had to play Thunder Ridge right away, uh, a 5A versus 5A matchup now that Nampa's been bumped up. Uh, Bulldogs lose to Thunder Ridge 68-52. to That was on Thursday. Then on Friday, Nampa had to play on the backside of the bracket against uh jerome they beat jerome in overtime 75 to 66 so a gutty win for the bulldogs there and that put them into the fifth place game on saturday the battle of fifth and sixth where they fell to marsh valley a very good 3a squad 59 to 45 so for nampa again just trying to find their footing in the 5a ranks easier said than done yeah and you know what it might take some time we saw the full Football team really not take much time to get their feet settled. Uh, but sometimes in other sports, it might just take a little bit longer. And right now, I mean, the basketball, uh, like we said, it's just getting better around the state. And it's increasingly hard to to be competitive just because of everybody else being competitive, right? You know, you've got to keep up with them. And, and yeah, hopefully Nampa can get back in the groove of things as the season goes along. 
And then finally, we have the Raleigh-Lincoln Memorial Tournament at Wilder. The girls' tournament was two weeks ago. The boys' tournament was this past weekend. Uh, in the championship game, Glens Ferry defeated Idaho City 58-21. to In the third-place game, you had Vision Charter defeat Wilder 58-29. to And then in the fifth-place game, there's only six teams at this tournament, uh, Greenleaf Friends defeated Centennial Baptist 44 to two. So some very lopsided games on Saturday, but the action before that was pretty, uh, pretty exciting, Logan. So this is like a round robin yeah. tournament. Basically they put three teams into one pool, three teams into the other pool and you play, um, you know, three opponents or you play two games basically um, between Thursday and Friday. And so for Wilder specifically, man, the host school had kind of a wild tournament. Um, they got a win over Greenleaf Friends in overtime. Um, but in their first game of the tournament, they played Idaho City. And this, to me, I went back and watched this game. It was one of the most entertaining finishes of the year to me. And I don't think anybody knows about it, except the people that were in that, <laughs> except the people that were in that gym that day to watch it. Um, so I wanted I wanted to shed a little light on this Idaho City Wilder game because it was wild to say the least. So here's here's the scenario. I, I wrote it down on a little cue card here, so I could. Uh, so there's there's 50 seconds to go. Wilder is leading by one, 30 to 29. Brody Backus cuts through the lane, scores on a layup for Idaho City, and now it's the. And I can't say the Wildcats because they're both the Wildcats, right? <laughs> so it's Idaho City that leads now by one, 31 to 30 with 42 seconds to play. So Wilder's down one. They've got the ball. A jumper from the right elbow is missed. Fight for the rebound gets knocked out of bounds. It's Wilder basketball with 24 seconds to go. So they're inbounding on the sideline. They throw it in again to the right elbow. Another clean, wide open look. An elbow jumper again spins out for Wilder. Again, there's a fight for the rebound. Again, it's out of bounds to Wilder with 12 seconds to go. So Wilder's got a third crack at this at this nut. They're inbounding on the baseline. They inbound it to the wing. Julian Neri gets the ball, drives to the key left side, lays it up and in. Wilder in front, 32 to 31 with 9.3 seconds to play. And the clock is running, right? So he right. makes the layup with about nine seconds to go. Clock still running. Idaho City says, we're not using the timeout. We're going to try and catch Wilder scrambling. And that's exactly what they do. They get it up to half court to Sam Rober. And Rober with one pass over the Wilder defense, <laughs> right to Brody Backus, who lays it in with one second left. Wilder never had a chance to inbound the basketball. Game over. Idaho City wins by one, 33-32. to 32. Backus with the game-winning layup. It was a wild finish where yeah. Wilder thought, all right, we just took the lead with nine seconds to go, but as quickly as they could celebrate that, Brody Backus was breaking their heart at the other end. Yeah, that's a tough way to lose, but a fun way to win, right, if you're Idaho City. And it's always tough, right, when a team scores that, you know, you've got to be ready to go. And sometimes you see that, right? You catch yourself in the, yes, we got that. Oh, oh, crap, we got to get back. And like you said, it's, you know, I think that's the best course of action. I always hate it, you know, when you watch a basketball game and they call eight timeouts in the final eight seconds to figure it out. Just go. Just don't let them set. Just go. And that's what Idaho City did, right, and puts it in for the win. So congrats to the, uh, I guess, the Blue Wildcats. 
the blue and yellow Wildcats for winning that one out of Idaho City. Yeah, it was such a fun game. And I just, we, you know, when we're talking about 181 basketball, we talk about Victory Charter and, and Liberty Charter a lot. And so I wanted to shed shed the light on, you know, a couple of programs that uh, aren't always in the spotlight in Wilder in, in Idaho City. And just what a, what a fun game that was to, to watch. So anyways, congrats to all the teams that competed at the Raleigh-Lincoln uh, Memorial Tournament. The one team that was there that wasn't from District 3, Glens Ferry, <laughs> ends up taking the title. Those rotten pilots. That's right. Well, you know, what's funny is Glens Ferry then on Monday played Victory Charter, right? And Victory Charter wins by by 35. So that tells you anything about Victory Charter. There you go, right? That Glens Ferry can come over here and wipe the floor. And then uh, Victory Charter says, no, thanks. And, and puts the, the spanking there. Yes. And so, yes, speaking of Victory Charter, we have uh, now... We talked about this a little bit last week on the prep cast, but we've got this matchup on Thursday night, December 22nd, and it's actually a girls boys doubleheader at Northwest Nazarene University, NNU in Nampa. It'll be the Liberty Charter and Victory Charter girls tipping off at six o'clock, and then the boys will follow after that sometime around 730. These are going to be two wildly entertaining basketball games um, between two two rivals. Yeah, and you know what? That boys game, you got to think, is a preview of of what could potentially be the conference you know, championship game that, that we'll see later on in the season and, and two of the best teams. Cause they've shown right now that they are probably a step above. And, that you know, it, it'll be fun to see how it shakes out and, and who steps up and who went, you know, it's it's I think I like getting one of these games out of the way early because then you see maybe what you need to work on as the season goes along because for sure you're going to see those two teams meet uh, later on in the season when it counts right at districts. Yes, on the girls' side, somebody will be getting their first district loss of the year. Victory Charter is five and two overall, one and zero in league play. Liberty Charter is six and five overall, but three and zero in league play. So somebody on the girls side will get their first conference loss of the season. And on the boys side, the records are just as impressive. Victory charter is, is ranked in the coaches poll. Uh, The first coaches poll of the year came out last week. Victory charter is six and oh, and this will be their conference opener. And Liberty charter is three and two, and this will be their conference opener as well. So two phenomenal games Thursday night at NNU. Yeah, that one should be fun for those two programs. And, um, yeah, it's not every day that you get to play in a college basketball arena like that. So, uh, well, I guess it is if, you, if you're one of those two schools. It's every year, right? Um, but but I think it'll shed light on how maybe the conference is shaping up and, and who, you know, if you win this one, are you in the driver's seat? I think that's the main – that's that's I guess that's my point of view is that you're, you're kind of – you're in control going forward if, you, if you're able to pull away here this week definitely uh there is a holiday tournament taking place uh this week logan that uh a girls basketball tournament that some of the treasure valley teams are at it's the nissa christmas tournament over in nissa oregon uh council is there ambrose is there mccall donnelly is there payette is there i think and vision charter is there so we've got a lot of uh treasure valley teams that are over there competing last night uh, you had Council defeat Ontario 54 to 13 in just a runaway. You had Nissa, the hosts, they defeated Ambrose 65 to 51. 
And McCall Donnelly defeated Adrian 65 to 26. So Idaho goes two and one last night on the opening night of the tournament. I, and, and the the one that sticks out there, you got to think, is that council win right over Ontario, who's a, a much, much bigger school than council. And and not only to, to win, but to win like that. Um, it, impressive, right, for council, who, who seems to be on a roll right now, both the boys and the girls. Yeah. And then we mentioned, uh, so that's really what's going on tournament wise this week in the treasure Valley. And then that week between Christmas and new year's buckle up. Holy smokes. We've got, we've got the Parma holiday tournament that Parma is hosting on the girls side truck stop.com to Plymouth is hosting on the boys side. You have the annual timber lion tournament being hosted by both Bora and Timberline, there's some juicy teams coming to that Timberline. I mean, Thunder Ridge is going to be there. They're one of the best 5A girls basketball teams in the state. Uh, Cole Valley Christian, we know how good their girls are. Uh, they're playing Meridian right out of the gates, 2A versus a 5A. There's a school from California coming, Whitney High. Post Falls is going to be coming down. Post Falls is 9-0 and on the season. Um, you've got uh, Melba is going to be competing. Yeah. Melba plays yeah, say, Melba's in there. It's it'll be fun to see Cole Valley and Melba in that. And, and you know what? Maybe they don't come away with a win, um, kind of like what we saw last year, but man, they'll get a chance to go up against some really good squads. And from what we've seen, I don't know if there's any reason that I, I would think that at least Melba can't win a game, even though they're going to be against some higher level competition in terms of classification. Right. But they haven't showed any reason why we would say, Oh yeah, they're going to get, they're going to get beat and come back and no, they're going in there to play and compete. And I'm excited to see how that one turns out. Definitely. Um, And then, you know, that Parma tournament I was talking about on the girls side, some of the teams that will be competing are Parma, Weezer, American falls, Malad, Napa, Christian, Gooding. So a good mix of three, a, 2A programs in girls basketball. Um, you've got Hawaii's girls traveling to the Glendora Christmas Classic in Glendora, California. So the Hawaii girls are hitting the road to uh, not the Sunshine State. That's Florida. What's what's California's state? Is it the Golden State? Yeah, I think that sounds right. But Golden it, state. that's it's yeah, may I don't know. <laughs> anyways why uh, yeah. is going there to glendora california um and then and then the Hawaii boys are headed to the damien classic for the second year in a row in laverne california this was famously the tournament last year where uh Lee, liam campbell you know lit, lit up the the scoreboard and and yeah. got got an offer from usc head coach andy enfield uh after that tournament so that should be fun for Hawaii's boys as well yeah, and one that is not necessarily a tournament, but that's on the dock at the five A level is you've got or five and four A level. You've got Post Falls, um, that's or sorry, not Post Falls, but you've got Bishop Kelly, Meridian, and Eagle all taking a trip up north, right, to play to do a a, a tour. I would say, and this happened last year where I believe it was Lake City, Post Falls, and Coeur d'Alene came down, and played the same three schools, I believe it was. Yes. Um, and this year they're just reversing it. So those teams will go up north. We'll have all of the games at Post Falls, right? So if you are um, 
you know, if you're out there and you, you follow Eagle, Bishop Kelly, or Meridian, we will have all of those. We'll have when Meridian plays at Post Falls, when Bishop Kelly plays at Post Falls, and when Eagle plays at Post Falls. So that should be fun to watch. Not necessarily a tournament, but kind of a fun little event, I would say, where, where teams get to go somewhere new and play some different teams and have a fun little trip. Yes. Uh, we also have, uh, in, in the, the official schedule is Tuesday, the 27th. It is Bishop Kelly taking on Post Falls at 7 o'clock. Then on Wednesday, the 28th, it is Eagle against Post Falls at 7 o'clock. And then on Thursday, the 29th, it's an afternoon tip. Uh, so Meridian can get home at a decent hour. It's Meridian and Post Falls, and that's at 1 o'clock on Thursday, the 29th. I will be on the call for that Bishop Kelly Post Falls game Tuesday night. I'm excited to do that one. So, Yeah, those are always fun, I think, when they play when you know in a different environment different uh, part of the state and you know what if you need to check out any of these teams we've got we've got it covered so be sure to watch those out and you know there's also a tournament over in eastern idaho we have a lot of broadcasts coming up there's a tournament over in eastern idaho uh boys and girls tournament with just a truckload of teams playing in it and it's just one of those where you don't we don't know exactly who's going to be where and what it's a you should see the bracket. It is, it is, it's something. It's pieces here. It's not. There's like five different brackets. Something like I'm, I'm exaggerating probably, but that some play in one place, some play in another. So, uh, but but surely there will be Treasure Valley teams covered at some point during that tournament over there. Yeah. So this is uh, co-hosted by Skyline, Idaho Falls, Rigby and Bonneville. It's taking place at four different high schools, which tells you a little bit about the size and scope of this tournament. It is girls and boys. On the boys' side, Centennial and Timberline are both going over to compete. And on the girls' side, you've got... Uh, I'm trying to pull it up here. I don't want to misspeak and sign well, up any teams like, that aren't... Well, we know actually Centennial coming. boys, Bishop Kelly girls will be over there. Um at least that you know that we'll be covering on Wednesday, right? When we know that those teams are playing at Skyline. Yes. Uh, so yes, you've got Bishop Kelly's girls are going to be over there. Um, I believe it's just an eight-team bracket for the girls' side, so and sixteen for the boys. So BK girls, Timberline boys, Centennial boys, and official broadcasts at least on day one, which is Wednesday, the twenty-eighth. Uh, you can watch the Bishop Kelly girls play Pocatello. That should be a pretty pretty good matchup that's going to be at yeah. three o'clock that'll be at three o'clock on wednesday the 28th um and then you've got uh on the boys side centennial you'll be able to tune in all you centen fans uh will be able to tune in to watch the patriots uh as they will play skyline the host school at 7 45 wednesday night from the taj magres that's skyline's gym up there in idaho falls so yeah yeah should so be Tons of action coming yeah. up over the next few weeks. Yeah. And, and, you know, the truckstop.com tournament that new Plymouth is hosting. This is like a who's who of one a and two a programs. Cami, victory charter, carry horseshoe bend, all going to be there competing uh, along with new Plymouth, the host school. So man, there's some good eating <laughs> these next oh, uh, yeah. 10 days or so. Yeah. A lot, lot of good stuff going on. I know it's Christmas. And so like maybe the next what seven ish days, maybe six, five, whatever, 
um, will be slow. But then after that, it really turns up. It's, you know, people don't have school, so they can do, you know, what other, what better way to spend your Christmas break, right? Get all your presents out of the way and then go uh, go have some fun. Definitely. And then, and then, you know, speaking of the teams that are traveling, you know, we talk about a why he going to California and boy, that's a long trip. That's not the longest trip. Somebody from Idaho will be making. These are not treasure Valley teams, but this is kind of cool info to know. Anyways, uh, the Sandpoint boys will be traveling to Honolulu, Hawaii for a holiday tournament on the big Island, the Punahona invitational. How about that? Wow. Yeah, I'll take that. That would be great. I'll play. Uh, do they need a do they need a floor scrubber? Like I think you have to bring your own. And I I'll step up and do that for Sandpoint. Yeah. So Sandpoint's going to Hawaii. And then also up north, uh, over the, the course of three days next week, Clearwater Valley, Deary, and Kendrick will both boys and girls will be hosting Sitka, Alaska. Sitka, Alaska is wow. making the trip down to North Idaho. And I looked this up on the map. So there's the, the the mainland of Alaska, and then there's the part that branches out where it's just little islands. Yeah, Sit, Sitka is one of those islands. So they literally have to fly everywhere to play. And so what's you know what's a trip to Idaho? That's no big deal. Yeah, it's just adding on. You know, instead of going to Anchorage, we just go the other way, right? Yeah. Um, I'm sure you have to fly to Anchorage and then get on a. I went yes. to Alaska once, and it's like you have to. You have to fly to Anchorage and then you fly on a medium sized plane. Like I went to Bethel on a medium sized plane. And then I took one where I didn't know if I was going to live or die from <laughs> Bethel out to wherever the heck I was. Um, but that's awesome. Cause I think it, right. They call it Southeast Alaska. That, that part that just hugs Canada right there. That that's awesome. That'll yeah. be a, that, that's a fun experience for, for both sides, right. To, to play a team from Hawaii or from Alaska and then for them to to come to Idaho. So always fun to have those teams come visit us. So we've, we've, we've got Idaho already matching up against Utah. And we're going to find out how Idaho matches up against California, Hawaii, and Alaska. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah why not? Out. <laughs> yeah. That'll be I, fun. Yeah, I love to see it. So, all right, before we get out of here for the holidays, Logan, it is time for your school yeah. of the week. This is right. a oh, – go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to intro it. This is a, a new segment we started last week where we are basically highlighting an overall school that was a high achiever in the previous week. Could be for boys and girls basketball, could be for something else, but just an overall great week for a school in general. Last week, it was Melba High School. Who is your second annual school of the week, Logan? I'm going to preface this. I, there was one school that I didn't get to get to that I wanted to just give a shout out to okay. um, as a team the boys basketball team from Payette. I think they've been playing great over the last few weeks. Um, they only have one loss and it's to Vail, a one point game who then on Saturday, they went and beat by, by, by 10 points. So they, they, they corrected that. They fixed that. They've got wins over Burns, Nissa, Vail, Marsing, Ontario. We just talked about Ontario being a big, good school. Payette beats them by 13. So just a shout out to Payette. That's not my team of the week or school of the week. But Payette boys, I thought, are looking really good. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to go with Council for the school of the week. I think Council, they were on a roll. They faced their biggest tests, so to say, this over the past week, and they took care of business. If we start with the girls' side um, from Council, right, they had to play Ontario. We mentioned that, right? We mentioned Ontario, much bigger school. What did they do? They beat them 54 to 13. That's a heck of a win. Very impressive. Uh, council gets that done. 
But before that, if we go back to Friday night, Friday they played Garden Valley in a game that we thought is this the one and two, right, in, in the conference. Could be. Don't know if it will. But it's potentially. Uh, what did they do? They win by 34. So the girl, you know, the girls from council showed up this week, just absolutely hammered who they needed to hammer and took care of business. And I mean, that's that's a good thing for them, right? To, to, to take care of business there. Um, they did have that game postponed against Tri-Valley um, and understandably so. So we'll see when what happens there when that one's um, rescheduled. But on the boys' side, right, uh, kind of the same thing. The boys played Garden Valley um, up at Garden Valley in a game that, again, we saw Garden Valley win a couple games at that small school showcase and thinking, hey, you know what, maybe Garden Valley will make a push for that. Nope, Council gets it done on the road. They beat Garden Valley. They follow that up by beating Tri-Valley as well. So we're going to go with Council as the school of the week this week. They took care of business, and um, they they got their one of their biggest tests, both teams, out of the way early. And, and I look to see them continue to roll. But congrats, Council Team of the Week. School of the Week. Sorry, I keep saying that wrong. It's my own thing. But uh, School of the Week, Council Lumberjacks. Awesome. And yeah, I, I was going to end it there, but then you mentioned Tri-Valley and it made me remember that, uh, you know, we had talked a lot about Tri-Valley last week, of course, after uh, girls yeah. basketball coach Jeff Springer unexpectedly passed away. And Tri-Valley did make their return to competition last night, Logan. They played Jordan Valley, Oregon, the Tri-Valley girls. They lost uh, in, a, in a close battle, but uh, they, they did come up short. But what I wanted to share was um they have like elementary rec league basketball in Tri-Valley, right? They've got a little elementary mm-hmm. school rec team. And um, this year, the Tri-Valley elementary league team was coached by uh, several of the players, the varsity players <laughs> from, from Tri-Valley. Sure. It was it was pretty cool. Uh, I saw this on the Tri-Valley Titans uh, Facebook page. I'm a member of the group. Um, Manon Tyler, who is a great post player for Mm -hmm. tri-valley um she's been playing since uh her sophomore year on varsity uh isn't able to play this year she has a has an injury and so uh, she's not able to play but she kind of uh talked herself into being an assistant coach for this elementary rec league team um and so that was great of her to step up and do that and then also uh marin hansen and hadley atnip uh, from Tri Valley's varsity team came and helped out at practices and right. I mean, this is this is how you build uh, excitement for your you know younger generation of players. You know, having those varsity players come and and coach and practice with these elementary school kids, it's like rock stars coming oh, to yeah. practice, right? Oh yeah, I mean, my son sometimes goes and plays in like the Middleton when they do like a little tur- uh, not tournament but like um, camp or whatever it is and. It's the girls team and the boys team sometimes will be there helping him out. Why he does it too. He comes back and he's like, oh my gosh, I played with this person. Like I've seen him play on, you know, like that's, I got to play with this person. And you know what, like you said, that just builds excitement and anticipation to play even better going forward and saying, I want to be her. I want to be him when I'm older. So that's awesome for Tri-Valley. Yeah, so so they all helped out at practice, and then on game days, Manon Tyler was the assistant coach, and a lot of times, Marin Hansen and Hadley Atnip were the referees. <laughs> so that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, 
yeah, just a really cool story. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, from Tri Valley. And so again, as they try to pick up the pieces, you know, we're still everyone out there in Midvale, Cambridge, Indian Valley are are in our thoughts, uh, certainly as they try to navigate their way through a, a tumultuous season to be sure. But I, it was a positive feel-good story. I wanted to shine the spotlight on some of those uh, incredible young ladies from Tri Valley. So all right, Logan, we'll be off next week. So we'll be back in 2020. Four? No, 2023. Three. I'm jumping ahead. Skipping years. years over here. Yeah, holy smokes. I'm not quite ready for that. So, Logan, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah, you too, Brandon. Have uh, safe travels and, and wherever you're headed. I know he headed up north for some games and stuff up there. So, good luck. Yeah, it's going to be uh, fun as long as Mother Nature cooperates. So, we yeah, that's fun. the truth. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Merry Christmas to all of our Treasure Valley PrepCast uh, audience as well. Hopefully, wherever you're traveling to this holiday season, you get there safely. Or if you're hosting, hopefully everybody that's coming to your place gets there safely as well. And we'll see you back here in the new year for another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.